Welcome back to the program. My name is Michael Finney. Today I am joined by Ellery Twining, musician, uh, one of one of my musical mentors going back forever, is releasing a new record. It's a follow-up to a personal debut of his. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about your musical upbringing? Sure. My name is Ellery Twining. That's my stage name. I don't like my real name enough to use it. So um, when I was about seven years old, I was walking in my suburban neighborhood full of like split levels. And uh, there was a garage band set up in one of the garages and real, you know, 70s high school kids, no T-shirts, jeans rocking out. And I was like, wow, I totally want to do that. And, um, by the time I turned 16, I was able to get into a band and, um, me and four acquaintances in high school started a band called 17 relics. And I did that for nine years with those guys. And the band kind of ran out of gas. And, um, then I took up guitar. I played in a band for five years where I played guitar and sang and we used drum machines and sequencers and we had a live drummer and three vocalists and then it was a lot of fun it was a lot of noise it was a lot of fun and uh everyone at that point uh had to get a job in their field because they all went to college <laughs> so that kind of faded out and then i played drums on and off for the next 15 or 18 years and in 2014 i was kind of forced into retirement um i was in a band that just absolutely blew up at the wrong moment in both ways, um, the band was doing really well and the pressure got to the kids in the band. And so we just broke it up. So I didn't do anything for seven years until I picked up a guitar and wrote a song in uh, December of 2020. And um, I thought I would just put something together with a bunch of musicians. And what ended up happening is that I wrote the entire record myself. I played all the instruments except for the bass. And I did all the vocals as well. And so I kind of drew on every little portion of my career and kind of molded it into the Ellery Twining person that uh, has turned out to be really fun. I'm having fun making music and I don't really have any business pressure on me anymore, which is great. Critical for good art, I think. So it sounds like really decades of experience kind of built up to being able to to make these records that you're making now. Yeah, there's an interesting, the best part about getting older is having better uh, clarity on decisions that you made earlier in your life. And um, I could have avoided a lot of grief. If in 1997, when my band that I was playing guitar in broke up, I had four or five songs that I was demoing for that band. And I was demoing the drums and doing the guitar and playing the vocal. And <clears throat> for about four or five months where I wasn't playing any music, I was just working on these songs in my house. And I kind of panicked thinking, there's no way you can pull this off. You don't have this kind of talent. And so I just went back to playing the drums, which is like my quote unquote proper instrument. And in retrospect, after doing Revenge and even more so after finishing the new record, if I had gone solo in 1997 and become Ellery Twining, um, 
my career would have been quite different. Um, but that's another good thing about getting older is that you can refocus your perspective. And, you know, I don't think what I did in 97 was a, a critical mistake, but it's an interesting reflection when you change how you make art and, um, everything that went into that. So yeah, decades of experience went into it. I probably could have done it a little earlier. Well, tell us about the content of the first record, the experience of producing that first record in terms of, uh, you know, the studio that you worked at, how the recording process worked in regards to being one person layering a bunch of instruments, anything you want. Sure. Um, well, I demoed the entire record three times before I even went to Dirt Floor to do the final recording. That's amazing. Um, I have a well, I, you know, I have a small demo studio here, and it was tough. There were a lot of little details that I had to calibrate, um, like putting enough time at the beginning of the track so I could hit record and get behind the drums and put the headphones on. There you, you go. Know? The first couple of tracks, I was like, oh no. <laughs> I can't do it like that. So I'd have to, you know, erase and rebuild it with the lead in so I could get behind the drums and, you know, miking acoustics <laughs> in a room where your headphones are right next to the speakers or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so it was a challenge, but I wanted to make sure I had everything in place so that when I went into the studio, I knew where I could get things going in an expedient and efficient manner. I, I don't like to go to the studio and experiment or try to find things for me. I just want to go in and get it done as soon as quick as possible, you know, within quality parameters, but I don't like um, finding things in the studio. I know something that works for some people, but I don't do that. So by the time I got to Eric at dirt floor, I was very prepared and he had copies of the third demo. Um, maybe the second and third demo for about four weeks before I went in. So he kind of had an idea of where we were going to go. And he jokes around that, you know, he let me make the record I heard in my head. When I know the moment I walked in there, they knew exactly what that record was going to sound like, which is great. That's part of their, you know, their genius is that they already know what it's going to be and they just go and find it. Um, one of the really peculiar elements of working at dirt floor is that it's a log cabin. And so there's a big great room with the huge stone fireplace and stuff, but there are very few right angles in the entire building in the room really. And what they have done over their time there is find out what mic to put in one, what spot to get the best sound out of that drum or that vocal or that piano. And one of the interesting parts of that was on results. I did a vibraphone part. And I initially wanted to use a cello bow and like just kind of, and we couldn't get it to work. <laughs> so um, that's why, again, why I demo everything. So Eric had taken the time to get the vibraphone out into the big room and he got the really cool mics and he got them placed in the funky angles to max it out. And I like had nothing to play. And I said, well, I better come up with something. <laughs> and um, so I went and got my notes and I just found like six notes on the vibe. I'm like, okay, these six notes work. And I'm like, all right, just hit record and we'll see what happens. I played one take 
and it was the take that we kept and it works perfectly and i'd never even played it before and that's part of the magic of the dirt floor is that if you just allow yourself to like really be in that space the space kind of just pushes you in a, the right direction even if you don't know it like wind on a rock and it happened multiple times that was an eerie moment when um i played the vodge in one take so the let's go back a little bit let's go back to your songwriting process and walk us through how some of that works in general you know you say that drums are your primary instrument but here you are writing complete songs right you know you're basically making um you know i don't want to say pop music but i want to say um rock oriented rock orchestrated music um and the songs are fairly traditionally formatted that way so what's it like for you to write these tunes where do you start and um you know tell us about what you were doing to craft this music sure um what i do is i write all the words first so I like to work in nine songs. That seems to be a good amount of time for the modern listener to commit to a, an album. Um, and both records are under 32 minutes. And so what I do is I write all of the lyrics before I have a single note of music. And so I come up with uh, a moment in time, an observation or, or like some kind of trend that I noticed, and then I'll write about the moment, and I'll try to get a full lyrical, poetic idea down before I even think about any kind of music. And then once I have all the words written, what I'll do is I'll take the guitar and I'll find a tuning that works with that guitar, and I'll just find one chord structure, and I'll sit on that, and what I'll try to do is find three more chords that work around that one <clears throat> and for revenge i did a little bit more and you pointed that out a little bit more traditional uh, song arrangement what i wanted to do on this record was to get away from the a b a b c b kind of song format so what i was able to do here was i was writing in like a b c d so there were four blocks of four chords that all rotated around each other and the four different blocks will relate to each other to a certain extent, but it's not a verse-chorus um, environment, solo environment. There's no solos on any of these records. <laughs> well, no, there's one little solo. <laughs> um, and so when I have all the music written, then what I do is I play a little bit of the beginning and I look at all the, the words, and when I have like a little bell go off... <clears throat> I'm like, oh, those words resonate with this tone, this this chord. And then what I do is I slowly figure out how the words will work in the rhythm of the song. Because I don't really sing at all. And um, that's been fruitful. Um, I feel like I progressed from the first record to the second record. And I already have a third record written like in that beginning format. I've got a bunch of words and I've got a handful of chords. But that's kind of how I do it. I wow. piece it together like uh, in an erector set, not like uh, a painting or a, a motion picture. 
Do you think that has to do with the background in drumming? Um, no, I think it's because I don't know how to play the guitar. And so that frees me up because I don't know what the right thing to do is. And um, I have enough music theory background so that I'm not like, you know, I don't sit there for days struggling. Young. Ding, 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 ding. But um, it's not being a traditional guitar player and teaching yourself how to play has just allowed me to be pretty free. And I don't recommend it <laughs> um, because it, it is a little bit of work. Um, but I think what I've been able to do is find something that is got a little bit of space on the canvas that no one has kind of gone into. Um, so that's what works for me. Well, why don't you tell us about the new record results? What are you writing about? Sure. What are you using um, in terms of instrumentation? <laughs> Whatever you like. Uh, the first, the first record I had, a, I had strict parameters on it because I wanted it to be able to finish it. So it's pretty much all acoustic guitar. There's a little electric sprinkled in for flavor. When I started to write this record, I really had two records in mind. I would do another strict acoustic record, and then I'd do a strict electric record. And I worked on both of those ideas for about four months, and I got really bored with doing another acoustic record. I was like, why, why do I want to go do Revenge again? I already did it. So what I did was I took the strongest of the electric and the strongest of the acoustic songs and merged them into a single record. So there are some similarities to revenge. Uh, they're more orchestrated. There's more going on in the you know, like acoustic bass songs. Um, and then there's a bunch of songs that are written from electric. And one of the things I tried to do with the acoustic and the electric tunes was to layer multiple guitars uh, playing the same part, but different guitars and different amp settings. Yeah. And so it was a little bit of a, like a My Bloody Valentine influence. I mean, I wasn't tracking 18 guitars, sure. but it it worked really well. Um, and Eric knew exactly what I was trying to do with the layering. So it wasn't a struggle to get it to sound like a, a kind of a wider palette. Um, so th this record is a bit more expansive sonically. Um, there's a lot more happening as far as instrumentation, uh, the electric guitars. I used 14 guitars on the record. 14 different guitars or 14 tracks of guitars? 14 different guitars. Okay. Let me ask you this. Where in that four months of writing and demoing were you in regards to like the number of iterations that you would go through to craft this this record as it is currently on the on the previous one you said you did like three demos of some of these of these tunes to work through them yeah what about the new record yeah what i did was i didn't want to do the same demo process because it was really difficult i mean i kind of had to do it for revenge but after going to the studio the first time i knew what they were doing i knew how they worked you could see through the process a little bit more yeah, I had a better idea of what it was going to be like there. So what I did was I really just crunched the guitar parts so I could play the, the main guitar part to a click track in one take when I went yeah. in there. And that's pretty much what we did. We did about <clears throat> five hours, and I tracked all nine songs 
So are you laying down guitar first and then going in and layering in drums and bass and all the rest? Yeah, yeah. Vocals are the very last thing that I do. Wild. And uh, actually, no, I do vocals. Then Dave comes in and does bass, so he has the vocal reference. So bass is the last thing that we do. Um, (laughs) That's very funny. Yeah, so... um, and you know it's Dave, so it's easy with he and I. Like we we don't have to be in the same room. We already know what sure. we're gonna do. Right. So um, what I did was I really got the guitar parts as tight as possible. Went in to see Eric. Did I might have been four hours. Got all nine guitars. Then I came home with those and I put those in my recording machines and I learned the drums to the guitars I recorded in Eric's. Okay. Which was great because they were really solid. There was no level issues they were all tight so that kind of shortens up some of the demoing process yeah i it shortened it up by about two months or more maybe um so you know drums is easy so it didn't take me long to play the drums and once i did that i mixed that down started doing like scratch vocals i had all the lyrics written but i didn't have where they were going to be in the in the rhythm of the song and i got all the scratch and i sent dave that version of the record so he had something to play to so are these the guitars that you laid down these are the guitars that are the final take on the record yeah they're they're the first cut the first track that (laughs) i did but yeah all of those tracks are on the record um i don't there are very few redos on anything i played all the drums in one take every track of drums in one take Dave played every bass track in one take. Um, you know, again, I'm 54. So I, you know, I have a lot of experience and, and I have time as well because I don't have kids and, uh, you know, that the corporate job or whatever it is, you know, and, um, it's, it's been very easy to like, get everything in like like i said like an erector set you know i put this piece in and this piece and this piece and this piece and eventually the whole thing can stand on its own so where are you releasing the record right now it's just on Bandcamp, which is what i did for revenge and eric has convinced me to put it on spotify now. okay well that's good so so now i'm doing the full what everybody else does thing. which is you know i'll do the pay I'll do the paid blogs and I'll do the Spotify and the thing and the, you know, it's just, that's how the music is. That's how yeah. it works. You know? I mean, when I was a 19, 20 year old to get a gig in Providence or New Haven or Boston, you had to drive to the club on the day that the booking agent was there and hand them your demo tape in person. That was just to try to get a gig. So if this is how it is now, then this is how it is now. I didn't really want to drive to Providence, you know, every six weeks trying to get gigs, <laughs> but that's what we had to do. And so this is what you have to do. Now. Sure. That's how it goes. Yep. Music business as usual. Well, sir, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. No, oh, thanks for calling. I'm really happy to talk to you. And so it was fun to talk about music. Of course. Congrats on the new record. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. So, yeah, Spotify is going to be like another month because of the foofy, foofy rigmarole. But it's already up at Bandcamp, so you can listen to it for free there. You can buy it if you want, but you can listen to it for free. It's just up and available. Very good. Well, thank you again, and we will talk before too long.